0: Welcome, beautiful soul. On this episode of Where's the Nuance, hosted by me, El Nino, I'm joined by Taylor Amrani. She's the creator of the popular online pages, Life by Taylor, on TikTok and Instagram, and the host of the very popular The Life by Taylor podcast, where she shares her personal insight and wisdom surrounding self-help, spirituality, relationships, and pretty much life she's also the mastermind behind the emerging program called the social media method designed to help artists spiritual creators conscious humans and everyone alike show up authentically online without all the fake fluffy ego masking Taylor is the definition of an embodied spirit she practices what she preaches and she's held an eclectic life that stretches from the Israeli military all the way to the Beverly Hills TikToking her wisdom and insight now years down the line hosting her own group programs leading speaking events on purpose and helping people embrace their authenticity in their imperfect imperfections this episode you're about to hear we dive into the nuance surrounding personal truths paradox of knowing who you are by accepting you never really know who you are hearing more about her story and how her search for a guru in India actually led to her finding a guru in a much closer place she lights up my life and I hope this conversation will do the same for you <laughs> Taylor Amrani from Life by Taylor, the popular (laughs) podcast, the popular page, and a dear friend who's inspired me in many ways to take up the mantle in my own life regarding guiding, coaching, posting more authentically online. And I know you're also building out um, a program to help people do that. And you know what? You've inspired and helped me do that without the program in many ways. So (laughs) it's truly something that I know you're going to do an amazing job. Thank you for being here today on Where's the Nuance?
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Um, so, for anyone who is listening and ha- goes, you know, who is this Taylor? Life by Taylor. Could you give yourself a quick little description of who you are, what you're doing, and what inspires you to show up and create online?
1: Wow. <laughs> hmm. Who am I? So, I'll be really cliche and say that it's really hard for me to define myself in general. But I would say, the present, the present Taylor. I've learned because I've watched back on things that I've defined myself as in the past and have grown <laughs> in many ways, but the present Taylor is really just committed to, and always, I think has been committed to seeking her own truth and following it relentlessly and not fearlessly, but despite the fear, willing to lose everything to go all in on that and yeah, to just bring people with me on that journey, to really share every layer I peel, to get closer to truth and share that with whoever is at the same parallel timeline as me in their own world. And that's what has been driving what I do for the past almost four years now. So every point, every part of my journey has been a different layer, has attracted a different audience, has spoken to different minds and different hearts. And that's just what I'm continuously doing. But today, I would say that the truth that I'm coming to is also that I don't need to talk about the truth anymore. We'll talk Mm. about that maybe in this this episode. But yeah, just liberation, freedom, truth, and sharing with others.
0: Beautiful. And I I think it's very emblematic that that is the truth that you're holding these days. And it's honestly what I find so inspiring because I think my philosophical approach to truth and spiritual enlightenment and spiritual journeys is that we all have our own divine wisdom and, and we really should be looking within ourselves to unlock the channels to that energetic source, to that guidance and not look outside of ourselves. And it's awesome Mm -hmm. that you are like a living example of that. And, you know, you really practice what you preach. So it's amazing. And you said you got into this journey four years ago. Was there a climactic moment that you can Mm -hmm. draw us back into and perhaps any lessons or key points mistakes perhaps that you've learned along the way that could help other people perhaps avoid them and or learn from them
1: wow definitely plenty of mistakes and plenty of painful lessons or else you're not doing it right if that's if you're not willing to see that if if you don't think you've made mistakes then i would say uh walk back (laughs) go start start from the beginning walk again um, wow. So I think my personal spiritual journey started about five years ago, actually, when I was in a very difficult relationship that just brought up all of the demons inside of me. I think relationships are a gift that we're given that really just hold the, the toughest mirror in front of us to show us all parts of ourself and even toxic relationships, you know, really reveal to you like, wow, this is, this is where I, this is how much I value myself and how little I value myself. And wow, how did I get here? And what attracted me to this person and in this experience? And why did my soul choose this? (laughs) That was the question that kept coming up for me. How how did I end up in this situation? Like, really? (laughs) I don't, I don't understand. And in that relationship, I just started to, this, this ties, this answers the question that we were talking about before we recorded about Oprah, I started to just listen to podcast episodes and found a lot of comfort in listening to Oprah's super soul podcast episodes, because she would talk to really prominent figures, but more in their, about their spiritual life and their deeper inner truth. And hearing these words to things that I always felt intuitively, like making everything was making it make sense. And I was like, wow, this is, this is like how I've always felt deep down, but I didn't know that these have terms and ways and words and this is common and people know about these things. And it really got me out of that relationship, honestly, that podcast. But I also remember in that experience saying, I want to do this for other people. Like Mm. this podcast has so much power. It's literally changed my life. And these quotes on Instagram that I'm stumbling upon in these darkest moments, they have power. Like they are helping me. I'm saving them. I'm coming back to them. And it's so easy to look at, things like, um, social media content and say, Oh, this is just bullshit. It's all just content. It's all just social media, but it really made a huge impact on me. So I realized, wow, there's a power to this. And I feel like the hero's journey is just once you've walked a certain path and gotten out of a certain slump, you want to go back and help other people. So once I had that experience, it was COVID I'd lost my job. I was sitting at home all day long and was like, what can I do with my free time? How can I fill my day up with being of service to others? Because I recognized that, that would Help me feel less alone, depressed, anxious about life, started blogging, making content with no intention to turn this into a business whatsoever, just out of pure enjoyment and pleasure. And I was helping people and then people started to reach out to me. And then it just went on and on from there uh, until today, four years later. And now it is a full-time business podcast, you know, on all platforms making content, but it never was the plan, which is really cool.
0: No, I remember interacting with your content during that COVID time. And I similarly had find my, I found myself sharing things that, quite frankly, I had been invested in the at least intellectual and philosophical journey around spirituality and personal development for a few years since I was 18. So I would have been that was like five years at the time. But I but I I think my own personal spiritual life was still very stagnant in many ways. I wasn't necessarily totally embodying the stuff I was studying mm-hmm. and and then see But I saw your presence in, online and that's where I remember when we. I was like, oh, I need to talk to her. And you were like, yeah, you know, I only I've been on this spiritual journey for like a couple of years. And I was like, wow. But you have so much like wisdom around it. And I think that's because you truly were, like you said, you were already kind of living and embodying a lot of these values and truths, but you just hadn't found the language to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to draw these abstract concepts into more tangible um, uh, words and ideas, I'm more drawn out. And I want to touch on the thing you said about social media, because this is a conversation that's actually come up in my own life a lot. Um, you know, I'm very, I have some very conscious and spiritual friends Um, But, you know, they also live lifestyles that are not normal comparative to the rest of the world. You know, uh, they're anti-social media. They're quite critical of the common society. And and I, I share some of those sentiments, understandably. But, you know, my friend was saying, but don't you think that you being online and making social media content, you're kind of being part of the problem? Because... This stuff is what alienates people from each other and and it continue, and then you just feed into the cycle of making social media more powerful and pulling more attention. And, and my response was, well, look, I'm, 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 not, I'm not going to, to pretend it's not a real place. I'm not going to pretend. I can't just close my eyes to the reality that there are many people on there who are lost. As I was, I used to spend lots of time on social media. I'm still on there a decent amount, and as such, it's a new environment. And whether it's not the physical environment that's the you know God's creation, and this is just ooh the digital one, that's our creation. Although I would argue us being made in the image of God is technically also a creation of God. But Agreed. that's my art. <laughs> yeah. How do you deal with these kind of perhaps criticisms or these takes around, you know, you here you are being a spiritual mentor of sorts, but you're online, you're, you're feeding into a perhaps vicious cycle that steals and captivates more attention into a space that might alienate people. Mm. How do you navigate that?
1: Well, let's start with the fact that we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for social media. And social media also brings people together uh, from different walks of life who share common beliefs. Some are more toxic and more harmful to the human soul. Others elevate the human soul. I have found some of the most incredible friends and opportunities and people through sharing my authentic truth online and drawing people in to who I truly am versus the community of people that I was raised with and grew up around and that were just in close proximity to me. So social media is a neutral thing and everything in life is neutral. Everything in life is neutral until we place our own judgments onto it. I see social media as something that is heavily consumed with negative and toxic and fear induced content. However, the solution isn't to have all of the conscious people who want to spread their light and their art and their ideas off of social media. It gives more power to what is predominantly on these platforms. And I believe that that is why I'm so passionate now to really give people like myself and like your conscious friends, the tools and the support and the guidance to get their voices out there and to share their light online, to really water down and balance out the, what is on these platforms. You know, I see Wow, I think it's so sad that we really see social media and associate it with only the worst of it. And today I'm really conscious about who I follow and what's on my newsfeed. And there are people who inspire me in ways that really I would have never been exposed to the ideas of like liberated womanhood and you know, conscious community and how to be um, how to be more eco-friendly. So many things that I follow teach me so much about how to be a better human in this world. And every girl I see or every man I see, every woman I I see online who is spreading these concepts in this light and raising the consciousness of humanity through this tool, it is simply a tool. I tell myself, wow, we need another 100,000 million of these people on here because whether we like it or not, people are on there. So I give the analogy that it's like saying, well, this world has darkness. I should just kill myself. (laughs) (laughs) it's the same. (laughs) It really is the same. Well, this world is really dark and there's a lot of terrible things happening. So I should just kill myself. That would solve all my problems. And therefore, I wouldn't have to be involved in it. And therefore, I'm just going to disengage. So like you said, social media is another world. It's another environment. And leaving it to the evil or leaving it to the darkness of the world to just be spread and grow on there is, in my opinion, a little bit cowardly, but also just sad because... We need more people to use this tool to do good in this world, and it is a powerful tool to do so. So,
0: amen. I love that. That's response. That's my opinion. I th- I I used once the analogy to a friend of mine. I like, although I know it's a limited one. I was like, well, look, man. I say that there's a war for the souls out there, man, and whether it's a conscious one or an unconscious one, I'd like to participate. And I think a way to do that is to spread what I hope is ways to help people acknowledge the way that they can free themselves from the limitations of their mind. And, you know, the kind of content I put, because I do believe that. I, and I, I love the way you've worded all of that. That was really brilliant. Thank you, Taylor.
1: Yeah. And I will also just say that if it's not for you, I respect that too. Uh, I t- totally respect that, you know, but to discredit the entire space of social media, because it doesn't fit you or it doesn't speak to you is it just doesn't it's just not it's it's a little judgmental
0: it's a little judgmental
1: judgmental (laughs) just a little
0: (laughs) speaking of judgments and judgmental um i know you have a very popular podcast life by taylor and you've had a lot of amazing episodes of which i've watched almost all of them or listened to almost Mm -hmm. all of them rather and you talk Thanks. a lot about self, yeah. And you talk a lot about, you know, learning to love yourself and not being so judgmental and so hard on yourself and accepting yourself at different points and almost saying like letting go of the need to have to be certain around who you are. Um, can you bring mm-hmm. us into what you meant? I think that was the most recent one, right? Uh, one of the more recent ones. Can you bring us into that concept around loosening up your attachment, I guess, to needing to know who you are?
1: Oh. I would say this is at the core of liberation and enlightenment is to just and what I'm currently going through heavily which I will say I think in my podcast I don't even talk about these things it's just a byproduct of the way I describe my current reality is I'm constantly in radical self-acceptance no matter how many times I change my mind or change my view or location or lifestyle I'm just always meeting myself where I am mm. and there is still, I still noticed that I did have these heavy attachments to a narrative that I have to prove something to my father, a narrative that I am going to be a spiritual mentor. And that is going to be the way I meet Oprah one day and do this and do that. And letting go of the things that I have, have been like non-negotiables about my identity has been scary, but also very, very liberating and very exciting to realize Wow. We, even when we define ourselves as free and open-minded, there are certain parts of you that you would be scared as fuck to let go of. And when you're able to, you don't have to completely let go of them, but leave some space around them always for them to change, for them to evolve, for you to change your mind, you know, with your, the biggest dreams you have right now. And the image you hold so, um, firmly about your future and what you want Is great, but leave room to change your mind and leave room for life to prove you otherwise. It's so important because we get to this place where we get what we really want and we're like, but I thought I wanted that, but I thought this was supposed to be the plan. And that's where it's where we create our own, our own suffering um, and get in our own way. So to me, I believe that I'm starting to learn. Wow, I actually talked about this today, which I think is really important for people who are on a more spiritual. It's, it's spiritually advanced, let's say. Yeah. The more aware we are, the more we believe that we can look at our present reality and avoid mistakes, pain, error. We're like, well, I know better now. So like all the things that I've learned until now, let me apply them and make sure. But that's not it. You know, that is not it. Because even with your highest self being present, you have to fuck up, you're gonna have to make mistakes, you're gonna have to experience pain and hardship and all the shit. But the more aware we become, the more we think we have control. No, Uh, you know, it's, it's not true.
0: (laughs) Rather, it's can you expand your broader awareness in such a space that you are broadly aware and now have total acceptance of the realities that might arise, aka, you know, the universal law, change is constant, you know. And in that change, I can guarantee you that shit hurts, man. Like, it's because that means things won't always go to your expectations, right? So you're right. Exactly. It's this weird weight thing that as you develop more awareness, you actually do develop, let's say, more power over your life. It's true. It's not, that's mm-hmm. not not yes. true. But then your attachment right. to the idea that you have more power over your life will then lead to a kind of controlling nature, which then inhibits you from truly flowing with the dynamic nature of life, and you, and you get caught Amen. between that. Yeah, because you're like, oh, like, because you do. Yeah, like, I, I and wanna... you
1: um, you forget that you have to have your human experience with your spiritual growth. Okay, uh, you <laughs> cannot. You cannot override the human experience with your spiritual awareness. You know, the human experience is still going to be essential. It's going to be the experience and the spiritual awareness is there to accept, to, you know, make the most out of the human experience. But the human experience is always going to be messy and painful and uncomfortable and unpredictable And we can't try to stop ourselves from having it, which many people do and therefore get in their own way in many ways.
0: Wow. Not to make this a self-therapy session, but, you know, you said something (laughs) around letting go of even the attachments we hold around ourselves and whatnot. And I thought, you know, something that's come up very recently in my life is that I still hold that I'm that there's a part of me that isn't good because of the fact that I, Mm -hmm. you know, once abused drugs and alcohol and perhaps treated people in ways that wasn't good. And but then by holding on to that, like, see, you, you are you have a bit of bad in you like there is some bad in you like don't don't forget that it's actually inhibiting my capacity to really grow into who I am because it's like who I am isn't that that because obviously I live in this present moment but man it's been Mm -hmm. like a hard thing to realize because I was I was using like you said I was using my spiritual experience to be like well I'm so totally engaged in the present moment I'm just going to ignore that shit like spiritual bypassing exactly like <laughs> which being like I'm yeah. so present and so divinely present and I have a great present life but really it's like yeah but why won't you look back and it's like well because the way that I look back is with judgment and right. with this like very beholden I was behold like you know having this idea that I was beholden to like oh I'm bad and that's why I can never yeah. drink again and I can never do these things and I was holding a lot of conservatism around my my actions in a lot of ways and mm-hmm. so thanks for that it's well a- I think
1: I think it's about making space for all versions of you to exist you know it's I've had to look back and really go back and pick up certain versions of myself and and remind myself that, Oh, she belongs here too. Mm -hmm. She deserves love too. She's worthy too. this version of me. The one that I think I could just like hide away and like pretend never existed. Uh, it's denying a part of myself today because really the really terrible Taylor, that was a bad student and got arrested and was stealing and all these crazy things. Um, (laughs) I was also bad, whatever that means um wouldn't i wouldn't exist without her so i've like really just accepted that radical acceptance isn't just of the present moment it's of mm-hmm. every single version of myself in the past um within myself and outside of myself i feel like the people who trigger me the most are versions of past taylor and when i offer them my acceptance i bring her back in also i'm like oh you deserve love too past taylor in other human form
0: <laughs> you you talked about that before on a podcast around triggers and how you see them as a good thing. And I think a lot of people would go, fuck that. I hate being <laughs> those sons of bitches. just like they're just disrespecting me or my boundaries. Like, hmm. how do you navigate triggers in, in a more meaningful, perhaps, or helpful context?
1: Triggers are the biggest gift in the spiritual journey because, you know, you can <laughs> – You can la-di-da and like, oh, I'm going to pick and choose what things I'm going to work on now and what speaks to me now and what's what's so, what sounds fun to work on today, but triggers will slap you in the face, (laughs) slap you in the face and show you where the real work needs to be done. And triggers are a direct path to where you are not free. And when you start to see it that way, but like really see it that way, really just sit with that every time you're triggered, you unlock new levels of yourself, that would take years of therapy, in my opinion. You know, when I recognize, oh, every time I'm around X people, I feel insecure and I feel nervous and I feel X, Y, whatever, instead of focusing on them and like avoiding them at all costs, I sit with myself and I ask myself, like, what is it? Like, what's going on here? Out of like really curiosity, and I go on this little investigation within myself and I get to the bottom of it, and I'm like, "Damn, people pay a lot of money to go to therapy for this." But, but really, if you, it's true. If you sit with those triggers and really just put all of the accountability on yourself and all the focus on yourself, it reveals to you things that really either very heavily heavy psychedelic drugs or lots of years of therapy are required to get to that those types of breakthroughs. <laughs> but a lot of people get triggered. And they're focused on what triggered them, unfortunately. And they get triggered again and again and again for the same thing. And they don't take the responsibility to look at where am I not free in this situation? How can I free myself here?
0: Wow. That's yeah. that's how, uh, That's some good advice. And yeah. speaking of freeing ourselves and whatnot, I know that you took a journey because at one point in your spiritual development, there came a time where you felt that perhaps you could expand your development guidance you could learn from a mentor (laughs) if you could receive the kind of guidance that you were kind of offering people and i think look in in, that idea is not inherently bad you know Mm -hmm. um a lot of people have had incredible spiritual mentors you know some of my the biggest inspirations of my life like paramahansa yogananda had a guru and was a guru to many people um but your experience with a guru in india wasn't necessarily a positive one was it and no. <laughs> I, I, so i i know about this story but i was hoping you could kind of retell this because i think there's a powerful lesson in here in regards to externalizing your power and the dangers that comes when we do that um mm-hmm. so if you would
1: sure i'll share a behind the scenes part of the story that no one knows because i was Ooh. it was too sensitive to share before uh, and today i feel more at peace with it so there was a girl that i know personally And she's like TikTok famous, Instagram famous for doing like comedic skits or whatever and making fun of people. And I was in LA at the time and I, and I bumped into her and she asked me what I'm doing in life. And I told her and she took it upon herself to create a character, a skit, a character of uh, a life coach named Sailor. And she started making all these videos, like making fun of my work and me and basically just like, imagine all of your inner demons and all of the imposter syndrome being in real life. <laughs> like people are like, no, one's thinking that like, don't worry, it's all in your head. But then it was like very much not in my head. <laughs> and all of my past friends, like people who are not friends with commenting on it, very much like a bullying, like mm-hmm. I really felt bullied and attacked. Um, and by the way, I will, I'll, I will follow up on what I said about triggers. I was so triggered by this. And I realized how much easier it is for me to just hate her than to focus on freeing myself from being triggered by this and seeing this as an opportunity, really as an opportunity, because at first it was very triggered. Of course, I was very upset. I would cry about it. I, it was really hurtful. And then I walked myself to a place of acceptance. However, in the Pit in the peak of my insecurity of that experience, I started to think to myself, oh, I have to go get a guide, a mentor. I have to go learn. I have to go get some sort of um, credentials, whatever. That's when I started Googling. This is why every decision that's based in fear is probably not leading you to, to something great. But in that fear, like really deep in that fear and that insecurity and unworthiness, I started Googling and, and really frantically searching for guidance and certificate and blah 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 from my insecurity. Stumbled upon this school in India, decided, okay, I'm just gonna follow my intuition. First one I saw that like sounded legit, signed up, paid the deposit. And months later, I find myself in India looking for a teacher, looking for a guide, looking for validation, basically, so that I can somehow in my head, like quiet the noise of the judgment that I was facing outside of myself. And I'll tell a little bit about the experience, but only to get to the end and realize, oh, God really took me all all the way here to realize that I didn't need this at all. (laughs) this is not what I needed. I needed to accept myself and realize that it wasn't about me. And I am my guru, right? I am my biggest teacher. So the experience in India was very traumatizing, but also it was transformational because I went to India to get guidance and to get a teacher and to get all these things. But I left with, with a more solid, center uh really a more clear relationship with myself and what I what I can do and who I am and what I can offer myself and what a mentor and guide should be and what I do want in that and I have them today people I trust but my experience in india was so crazy i don't even know where to start but let's just put it shortly and say that you know i went there very naively open hearted and that was a huge lesson for me too i was someone who was like everyone is good there's good in everyone which I will say I still believe there is good in everyone but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't protect yourself from certain people that you shouldn't be careful about who you are vulnerable with let's just put it that way and that was really hard for me I really didn't want to believe that there were dark, there were people that are have dark intent Okay. That have intention that is malicious or intention that is harmful. I didn't want to believe it. I was very much like, no, live with an open heart. Everything is love and light. Another big bullshit trap of spirituality that everything is love and light. That's also (laughs) not true. Um, (laughs) that's a really slippery slope to a really, really dark place. (laughs) I promise if I could save people from going there, that's, that's my message for you. Everyone's good. Everyone's good. And despite the fact that my intuition was telling me to be careful of this guy and that I shouldn't trust the teacher and that he's he's not giving good vibes at all, I let that that spiritual like intellect override that inner feeling, that inner knowing that this is not a safe place. This is not a place I want to be vulnerable in. And long story short, I my intuition was right. And I learned the hard way. Of course, thank God. Not of course. Thank God. I was not physically harmed, but... The teacher was sexually harassing girls in the school and spiritually manipulating all of us at, at certain points. I really felt like I was being watched. And when I left there, I felt like I was, I was looking behind my back until I landed in the next country. I didn't feel safe. So it was, it was a really crazy experience, but I'm very at peace with why I needed it. And it gave me, it gave me what I really needed, not what I wanted. It gave me what I really needed. So, that's that's you,
0: more on the story. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, you found inner authority by because you were forced into a place where you began doubting it so heavily, but it was like a necessary revelation of recognizing how much this person had triggered you, but don't get me wrong, that is a fucking that is hella triggering like to think that somebody with a platform who knows people who know you has created a character based on you to make fun of you is the worst kind of bullying possible it really is because on the internet there's no bounds and there's no limitations to the extent but then somehow the fact that 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 experience pulls you away from yourself creates a sense of self-doubt leads you towards an experience which then forces you to recognize. I cannot doubt myself because when I began doubting myself, I gave this individual trust that I intuitively knew I shouldn't be given this person because mm-hmm. I have intuition, I have power <laughs> like I'm not like but we forget yeah. that stuff because people make fun of us right, or whatever it is uh we get triggered uh we we make a mistake, and suddenly our conception that we have inner authority is lost and, and yes. that and that comes at a great cost, it really does, yes. It uh, um, Oh man, that story gets me because I remember you shared something around how, you know, he was calling you special and that there was something special with you. And I can only imagine me being me. If I was with a spiritual mentor and he said that I was special, I'd be like, Oh my God, I'm the next, I'm the next guy. Like, yeah. this is it. Because <laughs> who doesn't want validation? And, and yeah, even in the spiritual realm, Oh my God! Validation from someone who's spiritually uh, acclimated or like a, right, you know,
1: advanced celebrated.
0: Yeah, it's like now this must be the the best kind of validation, you know. So it, it it's a very interesting yeah. journey. It, you know?
1: I mean that part was also interesting to see how much I felt like I needed that from someone else, mm-hmm. and once I saw the truth of who this man is, I realized okay, well that just lost all of its value. And do I still feel special though? Like, (laughs) can I find a way to still feel talented and wise and, you know, validated in my experience and my journey and the work that I do even now, when I realize that this man is a, is a piece of shit. Um, (laughs) And and that was the journey. So. How do
0: you, if you don't mind me asking, honestly, like what is, do you have something that helps ground you within your own internal validation? Um, you know, is there any practice that you can recommend or is it just a simple like, you know, I mean, acceptance? I think it
1: always comes back to that like awareness. And they're definitely I, I think in the beginning it was harder for me, the imposter syndrome and the who am I to be doing this and to be charging and nah, 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 nah. thank God I, it's gotten much better. And, and just the overwhelming feedback I get and love I get from people who I help. Has really helped me take things into perspective. I think also hiring people like me and seeing how much they can help me and how much they have helped me has helped me realize, no, there's a lot of value in this. And there are people like me, uh, doing similar work to me, changing my life really who are younger than me. Some who aren't certified at all, who I just trust, who I have some sort of soul. No. And again, just coming back to even the top of the chain is human and I'm a human. And all the parts that I see of myself, like I'm judging myself, knowing myself fully or almost fully. It's not there for me to compare myself to the outer shell of the experts. It doesn't Mm -hmm. make sense. You know, I I really ground myself in trying to see myself in the people I admire the most, and see everyone at eye level, my students and my mentors.
0: <laughs> you'll offend that people like me. that. You'll offend people. It's it's ironic. I love that practice where I go like everyone's an equal to me, but you'll but it'll offend the ego that believes it's better than you. Yeah. Because it's like how dare you look at me as an equal? Because they don't <laughs> they don't think that they really believe they're better. And it does bring in something where I wanted to bring in a bit of a criticism of the therapeutic. Realm realm mm-hmm. in general because i think sometimes you know people who like they got their masters in uh, counseling or whatever and now they're therapists you know they go online and they're like they have this like negative view of anyone else who's doing anything that's kind of therapeutic in a sense or helpful <laughs> or guidance because they don't have the same education i'm you like wow
1: thank you for showing me your true intention Ex- well. exactly
0: <laughs> and then and you also see I just i can look at people's lifestyles and perhaps that's a little bit of a judgment on my part but i also Mm -hmm. think it's just the kind of things where i hold my values and i go these individuals aren't even doing anything within their lives that i that i admire or i value these people don't treat their health like they don't they don't eat in any manner that i respect they don't move their body in any manner that's inspiring they don't read anything that's truly like meaningful they don't put any personal practice they just went to school and i go Mm -hmm. that's great it's not that school doesn't have a value, but right. I do find that the most important thing is what you talked about is a deep recognition of self. Like, do you know yourself on a mm-hmm. deep, deep level? Because when you know yourself at a deep level, that is that gives you a kind of capacity, like you said, to see yourself in other people and provide a kind of guidance and a reflection. And for them
1: to see themselves in you, right? That's when it. I meet you as an equal, then, you know, it it's a two way street. It's a two way thing. And when I get on a call or when I'm teaching a group and very quickly, they realize that I am one with them and I am a part of the journey with them. And I am just the narrator truly of this information. It is the most powerful experience for everyone involved, including myself to see myself in all of these people I'm teaching and for them to see themselves in someone who they put on a pedestal, all of a sudden come down off the pedestal it allows them to believe in themselves, to go after their dreams, to do what they want to really, it's really expansive. So that's like the the core of everything I do. And I think that even with, uh, you know, therapists and psychologists, I respect them. I respect the work they do. I'm sure there are people who would never hire someone like me or you who need <laughs> someone to talk to and someone yeah. to listen to them and to have professional advice from or guidance from God bless them all. And my intention is for people to feel good and to do good in life and to live well. so I'm glad that there are so many different variations and versions of help that we can offer people in this world like I don't need to discredit anyone else to justify my existence and my and and my role in this world, right
0: you said something earlier and it's a quote that I wrote down after a really big psychedelic experience a few months <laughs> ago where it was like, a download if they now what they call it these days. Yeah. But it was the truth needs no defense. And it was like this voice talking to me. We we're like, hey, just say your truth, man. Like show up, say it. You it doesn't need a defense. You don't need to keep trying to defend it. It doesn't need you to defend it. If you feel the need to defend it, that's your own insecurity. That's your <laughs> that's your issue, buddy. The truth itself doesn't need your defense. Just yes. say it. That's um, actually
1: one of my favorite quotes from a new earth. Uh, it says the truth needs no defending. Is so, that what that's from? Yeah. It must in the have like, come
0: back years later. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's in there.
0: Yeah, It's one
1: of my favorite ones. And I come back to it a lot. And yeah. So I also, I will say also about the, um, the self-validating experience for me is I had someone once tell me like, Taylor, have you ever just felt good holding a puppy or a baby? And I was like, yeah. yeah. And he was like, that's what you do for people. You don't need to explain it in words. Like someone who has a clear vessel and is carrying light and love is healing even without speaking. And Eckhart Tolle, when he started his journey as a counselor and helping people, he literally would just sit in front of them, embodying radical presence in their presence and let them solve their own problem. So that also helped me realize like, it's actually not something I have to do. It's about who I am in the presence of this human that that, that is what I offer.
0: <laughs> dude Taylor, I don't want, it's like I don't want to degrade my services, but that's literally how I describe my work to my friends yeah. I'm like, It's just like I just allow them to see themselves and like <laughs> and, 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 and it's like because I my fundamentally at the core of my, our philosophy, I think is I'm like, I'm not here to become their source of power and wisdom. No. I want them to leave here and be like, all right, I think I pretty much got this. Like, sure. You know, we all stumble, we all trip, we can all expand and learn, but it's really like, like you said, it's like, I want to empower them. I, I, I don't want them to have to come back years and years on end. Like that would be, yeah. that'd be a little yeah. silly. Don't get me wrong. Exactly. Perhaps I'll create new offerings and whatnot. No, but- it
1: doesn't matter. Also if someone wants just to have another taste of what that feels like, that's fine, you know, but to, hey. to offer something that is just, um, it's not, you know, it's, it doesn't require so much effort, really. Uh, The more effort I put into trying to solve someone's problem, the more I'm feeding into their problem, actually, is I'm I'm making their problem more more legit and more real. And I've realized like, oh, when this person isn't believing in themselves, can I hold, can I be a steady base of the truth in that presence of the bullshit their mind is telling them? You know, and it's hard because like my own insecurities are triggered by my clients' insecurities, and I'm like, oh wait, maybe that is true, <sighs> at least in the beginning of my journey. And I would feed into it, and I would try to like solve it for them intellectually, and and then I was like, uh uh uh, no 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 no, like don't feed into their egos bullshit either. <laughs>
0: like, that's a that's a hard one. I I would say from my own experience working with clients, was, I want to I don't want to invalidate their experience of reality. But I also don't want to feed into a reality that's clearly harming them and clearly pulling them into narratives that are like, destructive and and not really objectively real, like they're just as objective as any other narrative they could be pulling from A, B, and C. So it it is a nuanced place of where I I think that's where well, we're good at it. It's like you do have to be good at that. Yes, that's that's the skill. And talking about owning what we're good at, You've been recently, and I really, really admire this. Um, You've been owning your desires. And this is super recent. I think you posted this like yesterday. Yeah. And you said, and I quote, owning my desires. I want to make bucket loads of money doing something that changes the world for the better. I want to fulfill my credential and explore as many of my gifts and talents as possible. I want to have children and raise them to be kind and conscious humans who love life and love themselves. I want my kids to have the best example of a healthy relationship and experience true love at home. I want to continue to travel the world and meet more humans that remind me that good people are everywhere and we're all the same. I want to meet Oprah and tell her how grateful I am for who she is for me. I want to try ayahuasca. I want to take both of my parents on a vacation I pay for and spend quality time asking them questions about their lives to get to know them more as fellow humans. I want to feel liberated as a woman to be an example of self acceptance and self love no matter what I look like as I age. I want to adopt a child. I want to have a humongous fluffy dog. I want to learn how to cook traditional homemade meals from the elders around me to pass them on to my future children. I want to sing and dance more just for fun because I love it. I want to learn more about nature. And I want to have a home big enough to host people wherever I live and have an open, loving home. Beautiful, firstly. And secondly, Mm What inspired you to share your desires online? You commonly hear, mm. even from spiritual folk, from these you know more, these conscious and very self-identified conscious people, around how keep your desires to yourself because putting them out in the world uh, can can somehow cause a vibrational frequency that then negates its probability of happening, and then also allows evil forces to mm-hmm. to harm it. Now, <laughs> I, I think that those takes are a little bit. <laughs> It's like Santa saying, okay, sure, maybe. Um,
1: Definitely if you believe that.
0: Yeah, it's like if you believe that.
1: They definitely can if you believe it. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So what what inspired you to own your desires and post them publicly online?
1: Wow. To be honest, I'm hearing you say them and I'm like, why did I even write that? Like (laughs) yesterday I was so in my head trying to figure out like, I'm shifting some things in my business. I have decided that I want to prioritize making money. And that's something that I had a hard time doing for a long time, especially under the title spirituality and spiritual work. And recently I'm like, no, this is not serving me or anyone or the world that I'm holding on to this belief. I do great things with money. Money is great. And it actually provides me with a lot of sense of security and peace and abundance to serve this world, honestly. So Lately, I've been like really getting clear on that. And last night I was just really in my head or I was actually brainstorming about this course that I want to create to help people, conscious people and artists use social media. And all of a sudden I just like felt this feeling inside of me where I was like, I just want to make money doing something that I believe is genuinely making a positive impact on the world. So I just started writing it on my story, like directly directly. And then another desire came and another desire, I, this was, this, uh, there was no thought involved in this list. Like genuinely, I put zero thought into it. I had never written these down before. And lately I've just really been asking myself, what do I want? What are my desires? Like, what do I truly, truly want? I've been really trying to do some work on sitting with this vision of reality that I want, but I didn't even know what I want. I was like, what is it that I want? what do I want? And every answer I gave, I wasn't fully convinced when I would try to think about it intellectually. But for some reason yesterday, when I claimed that desire about wanting money, it like it opened a portal to mm-hmm. other desires is what I'm realizing now that when we're shamelessly owning something that we already know we want, it opens a portal to the other things. It gets, It gives us so much more clarity, but people are first afraid of step one, which is admitting they don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then Once they start to feel like they do know, admitting the things that they do know they want because there's shame involved, there's judgment involved. They shouldn't want that. They should want that, whatever it is. But once you walk down this path of radical honesty with self, wow, it opens a portal. So that's what happened to me yesterday. And I'm realizing that as I explain my answer, but also why did I post it online? Because I really just felt like I want to inspire other people to do the same, not to post online, but to just claim what they want. Shamelessly. Own it. There's nothing wrong. I think anyone who read that list, no one left it thinking, oh, she's such a selfish, evil, greedy person.
0: No, that's exactly. Everything on what that list was. I'm just kidding
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, and if they did, thats that's their problem.. Confusing. But really like writing that list, I realized like, wow. I really want to do good things with my money. I really want to live a good life for the right reasons. Like I really am a good person. Why did, why was I so afraid of admitting that to myself? Like, you know, so when I got clear on the money thing, when I was willing to admit that I just, I want it. Cause I had a really, a long time. I grew up with a wealthy father and I had resentment for money and I've been financially independent and hyper independent in the sense that even if I needed help, I wouldn't ask for it. And I wouldn't take it because I'm like, fuck money. Money is the root of all evil. It killed the family. It killed my life. My dad used this as a tool for power over me my whole life. Like Coming back to like making peace with money and wanting it, I guess something about admitting that to myself yesterday just
0: phew, opened Whoa.
1: this whole world of, oh, and I also want this and this and this, and this is what I would do if I had it. And then I would do that. And then it was, it was amazing. So I just shared it. Shame, like just.
0: You said something <laughs> earlier. I think, it, I think it reflects what you're saying right now. You said social media is neutral. In fact, all things are inherently neutral. And, and I think that's what it is, right? Is money in of itself is neutral, but perhaps your relationship neutral. to it was holding resentment to it because of the experience with your father. The moment that you freed yourself of the limiting, the limitation of resenting money because of that relationship, suddenly it, freed you to the reality of your desires in re- in a larger scope. And I think that's a lesson that we can all take, right? Which is, it's not beneficial to shame yourself for having beliefs or desires or things that you want, that let's say, aren't, that you don't think are aligned with like the most spiritual version of yourself or whatever ideal oh. you're holding yourself to. Because it's it's that shame that will create more problems in your life than simply just accepting what you want and and ironically what i bet is in accepting what you want let's say at first it was something as i just want to make a lot of money and there was no nothing else in simply accepting that you would give your mind and your body and soul permission to explore what that means beyond a surface level and perhaps that would give one the freedom to be like oh well I guess I really value th- I have these values around security and this. And suddenly that allowing yourself to accept a desire gives you insight into who the fuck you are. And 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 into- exactly. Yeah.
1: And I think that one of the things that I have realized recently is what has blocked me from many of my desires is the idea that they don't, they're not compatible with living a spiritual life. Mm. And letting go of that title. Wow. I cannot explain to you how much I feel like I've lost weight Mm. on my soul, not needing to fit everything into this idea of spirituality. Okay. Which isn't even true spirituality. This idea of spirituality where, oh, like I should want to grow my own vegetables. No, I actually don't. (laughs) I actually want to order them online and have that convenience <laughs> is that okay like can I still be spiritual like is that okay if I'm still spiritual I want to order my vegetables on the internet thank you so <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, a little extreme I actually like to go to the farmers market but still <laughs> no, <it's, laughs> but I like still it. I'm making a point here where it's like I saw how more and more I was buying into a version of my life that was only under what other people have convinced me spirituality is and Even now I've lived a very remote, you know, slow paced life for the last six months in the desert of Morocco and as a village in Greece, like on a very remote places. And I started to create this narrative that like city life is not consciousness and uh, is you can't be conscious in a city and it's the matrix and blah, blah, blah. And now I'm like feeling called to live in a city again for a little. And I'm like, can I give myself permission to stay a spiritual person, whatever that means and live in a city? Yes, I can. Yes, i think I, can. I
0: think in fact it's the greatest test for someone who like us who claim we're you know we're, we're spiritual people Yes, i think living in a city is like such a wonderful test it's like let's let's see how how you can do in that environment because that's like it is more stimulating there is there are more people who are not spiritual and who in fact in fact think it's silly and whatever yeah can you still continue to show up with, with authentically embodying your values and your truth and your understandings? And if you can do that, well, then you've kind of like proven like, yes, I am in, I have inner authority and I'm integrated in my own power. But if you, if you slip up and stuff, I don't necessarily think that's a, Oh, the city's evil. I go, Looks like you are more of a product of your environment than a product of your own creation. And and yes. that's something you have to look into because yes. I truly believe like wherever the hell I go, like whether it's in Costa Rica, Asara where I was like last week for my birthday or here in Toronto, I'm the same. Like, I'm, you, know, <laughs> you know, like people are always like, oh, like it must have felt so different there. I'm like, no, I mean, it was a beach. It was like sun. Like it was very chill. I was on vacation, but I am this anywhere, man. Like I, I'm, t- yes. I'm taking. The, I carry this. This isn't like I don't like let go of my spirit because I'm in the city or like suddenly right. forget that. No, and and I think it's and a beautiful realization.
1: I think there are environments where it's like harder to hold that energy and that awareness for me. Definitely, like in L.A., just what is the main focus of the people around me and the culture around me? It was. It took more effort for me to stay alight, to be connected to myself and. It's okay to to notice that, but that doesn't mean that I have to make this generalization and judgment on
0: mm-hmm. me yeah. not
1: being able to be in a city ever again in life. Um, I also love the quote dog is in the sunset. Uh, sorry, dog, God is in the sunset and he's equally in the dog shit on the street in the city. So, like Hell really, yes. you know, like God is not like only in the beautiful, pretty things. Okay. God is in everything. In God is in the the concrete buildings and the skyscrapers and God is in everything so it's either God is in everything or God is in nothing it's not like we can be like this is godly and this isn't godly it doesn't work that way right so that's
0: exactly it
1: yeah once you recognize that you realize also all parts of you are parts of God right not there isn't so, like there's no such thing as like the spiritual tailor and the non-spiritual tailor it's we're all just we're we're all spiritual <laughs> and it's all all of us is spiritual
0: Let's lean into that spirituality yeah. for a moment. Um, obviously, for anyone listening, they probably have heard of spirituality and in some undefined terms, or perhaps they're familiar with Hindu philosophy, perhaps it's Buddhism. For you, Taylor, obviously, you know, you've know you read a lot of books, similar books to me. I know we both share New Earth as being pivotal, a pivotal book in both of our own spiritual journeys in making us, I think, at least totally aware of the concept of ego in such a way that we recognize oh my goodness that thing isn't necessarily who i am and and in fact i've known that but i just haven't it's like i i, I, I grappled to understand how yeah now beyond that what is how are you practicing spirituality are there some traditional philosophies that you learn from or there, there is there meditations that you like what are the spiritual practices that highlight your spiritual life
1: Wow, this is a good question because I think in the beginning of my journey I definitely did what other people told me were spiritual practices and I find myself slipping into that. I'm like I should go walk on the grass barefoot because it's spiritual. Um <laughs> I should go meditate because that's the way. And again, I'm in a I'm in a stage in my life right now where I'm letting go of all of these concepts and letting myself just allowing. I think the the art of a allowing, allowing myself to be allowing myself to just fully immerse myself in whatever experience I'm in, whether it's eating the meal and being fully present, whether it's being present in a conversation with someone, whether it's seeing past other people's, you know, superficial layers that they're um displaying to me. For me, that is my spiritual practice today. It's really to let go of the fact that there are spiritual acts and non-spiritual acts spiritual people and non-spiritual people is to really see god in everything and really see every single thing i do as an opportunity to connect with the divine and make it divine so again there i normally i would say yeah i meditate and <laughs> i sit outside and i and i spend time in nature which is true but again like the intention behind why you're doing something is more important than what you're doing and if you're doing it because someone on TikTok told you to meditate or because you feel like you have to do that in order to connect you are losing the truth which is that you can connect right here if you just pay attention if you just slow down you can really really connect in every moment so yeah I still do meditate and do that those things when I feel like it and still um regularly but Again, I'm trying to let go of, does this speak true to me? Is this what I want to do? Or was I sold this? Mm. And I'm really learning that when I let go of needing to do things, I start to pick back up the things that are for me truly. Um, It's not that you're going to let go of them forever, but really, if you just give yourself space to be like, am I meditating every day? Because someone told me that that's the way, or do I really feel connected to this practice? Mm. and you will see that if you let go some things you will not pick back up other things you will feel are essential to you and are more personal to you and you feel connected to deeply
0: what's funny for me to hear in that is that you are moving a lot like a zazen buddhist uh Mm. uh, the zen buddhist rather (laughs) like that is in (laughs) essence what they try to do is how can I let go of the need to do anything and just totally do whatever it is I'm doing so wholeheartedly that that is in of itself the most spiritual and godly thing? Whether that's amen.
1: Never wiping, heard about wiping, them.
0: Yeah, whether <laughs> it's wiping my ass or meditating <laughs> for three hours, they, and, and what they call it, they call it purposelessness. Instead of like you said, what's the intention? Well, I, I have to do this because of this they don't they they practice what you it's awesome which is why i love why i think you're such an amazing spiritual being because i'm like you embody like the highest intellects but you do it's not <laughs> like but like you're it's not like you read a book to then do right. it You just like you just found that on your own you're moving which like,
1: again is in everyone right like that's the truth if you're just like doing the thing that feels the most true to you you eventually get to those highest levels of wisdom and, and intellect and enlightenment mm-hmm. because it's our nature
0: <laughs> exactly Anyways, <I> <laughs> no yeah that you're that our natural evolution as beings is towards these light these spiritual light beings and that is the natural progression of consciousness insofar as we allow it to progress when we don't hold the limitations and and you truly Mm -hmm. it's no, I just, I love it. You, you move through this, you're moving through Mm -hmm. purposelessness and within that you're connecting to God. And, and I mean, there's even this thing where to choose the next, uh, like leader in like the, the Buddhist community, like the, for them to truly understand the nature of what they're trying to teach. Like the teacher, he'll like grab a flower, right? He'll like pull it out, and like one of them writes like a uh haiku the other, like they're all trying to like figure out what do they have to do to prove that they are like the next leader the one guy goes over and he eats the flower and it's like you're going to be my successor and the idea behind that is like because he realizes that there's the world has no like there's no rules there's no actual intention yes. everything is conceptual what makes this a cup it's like your idea of it makes it a cup yes. and and it was, and like, if you can prove that to the master, AKA by like eating the flower he just grabbed, cause it's like, well, why wouldn't the flower be food? Who gives it? And yeah. doing this kind of absurd act within it, you've embraced the nature of reality as it really is. And it, and that. the same thing is being embraced in moving through purposelessness. It's like, well, I'm just gonna do whatever I wanna do and whatever feels right. And in and moving like that, I am no longer limited by the Maya, by the illusion of yes. reality. Um, exactly. Really, really cool, Taylor. What are you working on? Where can people find you? What is, what is the message that you're trying really hard to get out there? If you could break it down, you know.
1: Yeah, I guess I'm I'm working on at the moment a program yeah. called Social Media, uh, where basically I'm going to help people. Create from the soul. I do believe that our deepest desire as humans is self-expression and being of service. And social media gives us a tool to do both of those things if we know how to use it as a tool. And that is what I'm currently feeling really, really passionate about. I feel fire inside of me where I feel like I have all the tools and experience and you know, I also the spiritual guidance that can complement the creative journey for people. And I feel like so many people are sitting consuming content all day, wishing they could share, put themselves out there, whether it's for their business, their art, their ideas, their thoughts, just to even just release things to the public is so healing. I'm sure you've experienced this too, where it's like you share this part of yourself that you're working through and it just feels like poof, Like I just like let this out there and let it go. And it's, it's, I've given it meaning and other people have taken it and done something with it. And it just feels so true. It feels so right. It feels like that's what it's supposed to be, this shared experience. Anyways, that's what I'm feeling super passionate about. I'm working on that now. And that is it for now, really. I feel like my personal journey right now is my main focus to just kind of let myself redefine everything that I thought I couldn't let go of and it's been scary and exciting. So I feel like I'm very much in like a, I call it my tadpole era. Like I'm in, <laughs> I'm in my tadpole era. Like I'm not yet a frog, but like I'm very much like moving through the motions and just letting it be, just accepting it, riding the wave and You're sharing
0: Taylor <laughs> from the life by Taylor podcast, the creator of social media or social, yeah, social school.
1: Social media, social media, media. the method, the school, the movement, the revolution. I don't know.
0: (laughs) I love that. Um, You are truly an inspiration in my own life. You have been since I met you. um, Someone that I've felt like I could come to for advice because of our parallel journeys in many ways. And and just look at your life and and the way that you've showed up online truly has been something that because you've done it so well and so authentically for so long has actually caused a lot of uh, changes in the way that I showed up online and the way that I was willing to show up and the way that I was like, dude, I like poetry, like just put your poetry out and like people liking that, whatever it is, instead of limiting myself again to the co- concepts around, oh, I have to be a, a counselor guide or wait, no, I have to be a coach, just shut Hey! Shut the fuck up! Yeah, <laughs> you know? Shut
1: the fuck up! Also, share all parts of you, like
0: yes, exactly. Why not? Um, <laughs> thank you for coming on, Taylor. Uh, You're a blessing. Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you for having me. So much love.
0: Cheers.